So you sent me a very nice text earlier. I did. To which I sent you an emoji with tears. Yeah. Um, that was lovely. Oh, thank I'm glad you. you liked it. You're welcome. Um, thank you to you because I'm realizing how much I'm learning from you. And I think back and I think I would be so sad. I mean, we wouldn't know we weren't doing it, but I would be so sad if we weren't doing this. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm getting so much out of it. Awesome. And I'm so appreciative that you wanted me to do this with you. You awesome. could have had anybody do that. And no, it's very meaningful. I could that not it have. It had to be this this I I do very much appreciate it. And it is helping me so much at work because you were built for this. I struggle with it. Like I can figure out like the other like the organizing the stuff. But like the on-air, like speaking, that is what I need to work on. And I feel like that's what, not that the world revolves around me, but I feel like that's like what you were (laughs) like, or why our paths are crossing is you're helping me really work on this. So, and it's helping me be better at work with my other podcast. And I'm so appreciative. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. I I received that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, um, also, I'm awkward in real life about receiving compliments. I can do it on the text. That's why I wanted to make it weird. Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about dabbling in self-improvement 30 days at a time. On today's episode, we are continuing with our new monthly challenge, which is all about relationships and focusing on the love language of acts of service. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, usually, but today, Jenny and I are face-to-face in St. Thomas, Ontario. So here she is, my much more disciplined friend, Jenny. That's me, Jenny Kaus, a marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal right here in St. Thomas, as Peg mentioned, and I'm also a big believer in the power of habits. I will do my best to whip our guinea peg into shape and hold her accountable to habit changes that she will undertake one month at a time. I will be playing along too, and as we take on a new habit each month, We hope to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall, your own best self. Our monthly challenge for November is focused around relationships. This can mean with your significant other, your spouse, and also relationships with friends, family, coworkers. Peg and I are interested to see if there are some habits that we can incorporate into our lives that will help to improve the quality of our relationships with the people around us. To help us focus on this, we are reading the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman, and we have chosen to assign one of the five love languages to each of the five weeks in November to help us shape our challenge. Our challenge will be a bit different in November, although it will still be centered around relationships. And it's going to help us to look at each one of these different habits and explore these love languages. So to recap, the five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. So Gary Chapman explains that each person has one of these as their primary love language. And when it's used to speak to them, it fills up their love tank and makes them feel amazing. Last week, we focused on words of affirmation and we challenged ourselves and you to reach out to someone every day and share appreciation with them by either by phone, text, or in person. So Jenny, did you do this and how did it go? I did do this and it went really well and I think it had some fun results. Some people that I reached out to seemed um, 
concerned perhaps or suspicious about me telling (laughs) about my feelings. Um, (laughs) But in general, it was, I think, very well received and appreciated. And it made me feel really good too. The cool thing I think was that I have these feelings of appreciation that I feel frequently. And a lot of times I think them, but I don't express it to the person. Um, And so it felt good to just say that. And I'd like to make that more of a practice of rather than just thinking these things, but maybe saying them 50% of the time, saying it and becoming a real source of appreciation. I think at work, that would be amazing as well as in my personal life also. Definitely, for sure. I find, I think I'm like less comfortable doing it at work and more, I mean, at home, I don't have trouble doing it, but I think that it, it would be, yeah, I think it's a great thing to incorporate. And I noticed when I was giving you some words of appreciation, you looked a little uncomfortable <laughs> tonight, but how did it go for you? Uh, well, when you gave me those words of appreciation, obviously I loved it, but um, <laughs> I'm a bit awkward at taking compliments. So, but thank you. I don't think many people are amazing at taking compliments. Maybe. I, guess. I think that's a thing. So I do receive it. So thank oh. you. So I, what I did was I made a list of people that I wanted to reach out to and, <clears throat> excuse me. And then I went through the list and I sent a message via text just because the in-person thing, I'm a bit awkward. So, um, I did try out with one friend to say it out loud when we were on the phone earlier today. And, uh, it's not really my jam because I bumble my words and I don't say it in the way I want to. Um, so it still got across and she appreciated it. But when I got home, I actually sent her a text. Like too. it didn't come across like you <laughs> wanted to say this long thing and you ended up just saying, you nice lady, like that. <laughs> it was, yeah, almost like that. Not got quite it. that like that, but almost like that. So, um, I felt, I feel way more comfortable when I can think about it and like say yeah. something in a text, which I think is pretty common, which mm-hmm. is why last week when we made this challenge for people, it was one of the things that I said is if you're feeling more comfortable and you're more likely to do it, do it via text if that's an easier way to do it. And then maybe yeah. you can practice in real life appreciating people and it gets easier. Yeah. Just like every skill or every habit, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, anyways, part of it too is that sometimes when you're appreciating someone, it's a bit emotional and that feels uncomfortable oh, for yeah. people and they just aren't quite there. Anyways, this exercise made me feel a little emotional. Um, so... Uh, you said that people felt suspicious. So I avoided that by prefacing all of my messages with the following. I'm practicing words of affirmation this week, and I'm reaching out to the people who are important to me to let them know just that. So that sentence I put on every text. Disclaimer. Yeah, it was like my, yeah, my little disclaimer. And then um, I just wanted them to know that I wasn't just saying sappy, emotional things out of the blue and they might worry about me. Red flag. (laughs) Right. So um, I resisted this exercise at first and I think it's because it's sort of uncomfortable in a way to, I guess, make yourself a little bit vulnerable by saying certain things to people. Yeah. Uh, But I, I eventually got going with it. The first couple that I sent, I was a bit hesitant with my words and then it started to flow, which was cool. Uh, and I felt a bit emotional when I was doing it, but it was also sort of like freeing in a way. Mm-hmm. It was cool to be like, you know what? These are important people to me and I want them to know. Yeah. So, um, I got a, a lot of re- really cool responses. So some of them were affirming right back at me. So people just immediately were like, oh my goodness, thank you. And here's how I am affirming you, which was cool. That's nice. It was lovely. Some people were appreciative, but maybe a bit sheepish or embarrassed, like maybe how I reacted when you said it to me. <laughs> and then some people were emotional and Aww. told me that it made them cry. And some were sort of love mixed with jokes, which is kind of the language I speak. And um, all of them. Or like me, some just sent you emojis back of a crying emoji. <laughs> Well, there you go. Some yeah. people were emotional. Um, but the common thing they had is all of them made me feel good. Yeah. So 
um, when we did our primary love languages, mine is quality time followed closely by words of affirmation. And so there was something about me giving these words of affirmation. It just made me feel so good. Yeah. So um, I just want to say that it's kind of weird that as human beings, we don't do this more often. We don't really appreciate and say it out loud to the people mm-hmm. that we love. And this exercise made me realize I should do it more. Yeah. So um, it's kind of a nice surprise to have somebody reach out out of the blue and just be like, hey, I like you and here's why. Awesome. And here's what I see in you that I appreciate. Like, yeah. cool. I think the world could use a lot of that. Yeah. Um, so we want to know, let us know if you reached out and uh, share words of affirmation with the people you love, uh, what happened? We want to know. So uh, we want to hear about it for sure. Send us an email at theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com or let us know on the socials. I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone and Jenny is on Twitter at jkaus. This coming week, we are focused on the next love language in the book, and that is acts of service. So acts of service ease the burden of responsibilities weighing on the person with this particular love language. And the words they love to hear are, let me do that for you. Laziness, broken commitments, and making more work for them tell speakers of this language their feelings don't matter. Finding ways to serve speaks volumes to the recipients of these acts. So here's the challenge for this week. Every day for the next seven days, find a way to do something for someone you care about. This could be anything from helping them by watching their kid for the morning, bringing someone a coffee, doing a chore around the house that someone else is usually responsible for. Could be anything. Insert just some sort of nice thing that you could do for someone to make their life a little easier or better. Awesome. I like it. Me too. Now it is time for a segment we call Who Are You Anyway? Where we encourage you to reflect on a question or a concept to know yourself a bit better, which will hopefully be a good aid as you take on new habits. Our Who Are You Anyway? will ask a specific question to know yourself a bit better. And this week's question relates to this week's challenge for showing appreciation to those that you love with an act of service. So our Who Are You Anyway? question is, what is the nicest thing that someone has ever done for you? When I thought about this question, I could think of different examples, um, you know, so many nice things. Like I really do. I, you know, for me, acts of service is, um, a very nice thing. And it's something that I recognize a lot and really dwell on when it happens to me. I really appreciate it. It's your primary love language, isn't it? It is. It is. And I can think of tons of examples of things that people have done that have really touched me, but a funny one, um, that sticks out was for my birthday a couple years ago. So as you've noticed around my home, I have a bit of a preference for white decor. Yes, you do. I enjoy light colors around me. Um, and at the time at work, I had a lot of like white desk accessories because that's what I like around me. Like, you know, a white pencil cup filled with white pencils and pens and all of these kind of, it makes me happy. I don't know why, but it does. So anyway, so I came into work on my birthday and my coworkers had wrapped my entire desk in white wrapping paper, like everything. Oh, that's All awesome. of it was white. <laughs> um, so, and anything on my desk that wasn't white, like my computer monitors, anything like my keyboard, all of that, everything wrapped in white, like white, white, white everywhere. Um, you know, part of my desk is white, but like the parts that were all covered in this white paper. 
And even my chair, which is like black leather, was <laughs> wrapped in this white paper. And it was so funny because I got that as soon as I walked around the corner and saw my whole like setup, everything white, it was like, these people get me. Like they get, Aww, they, they see me. Cool. And it, it was, it was really funny, but it was also really touching because not only did they do something to surprise me for my birthday, it was something that like they saw this funny thing about me. And I mean, yeah, they were making fun of me a little bit too. But it was really nice. And the, even the funnier thing was inside uh, the cupboards, I use like these little um, post-its to label things. And they had gone through and made more labels and labeled everything on the desk, like stapler, like everything had a label, <laughs> like over labeled all of it. And yeah, I think that that was really nice because I felt very, and you're taking a picture of me now. Because <laughs> you're so excited. Um, I wanted to take a photo. it was so nice. And I, it just, it gave me the feels. It was, it was so cool. That sounds cool. And that's, well, you're right. Like when you said it, you said, they see me. That's yeah. what, that's what these love languages are about, right? Mm-hmm. When, when people speak your love language, it's like they see you. And this is why I think I feel some uh, muddy lines with the whole gift yeah. love language yeah. too, because I think really a, like a really good gift is an act of service. Like it's seeing you. Yeah. It's and not just the sit for the sake of the gift. Yeah. Which I'm sure we'll discuss more when we talk oh, about we'll gifts. Oh, we'll get into it. Yeah. So how about you? Well, mine actually is also related to a birthday. And again, same thing. I, when I heard this question, I was thinking about sort of all sorts of different things that my family or friends or people that I know well have done for me. And one that stuck out was by someone that didn't know me well. And that's, I think, why it stuck out. So when I first graduated from chiropractic school back in the early 2000s, I went to Australia and I worked as a locum. So basically what that is, is you go into another chiropractor's practice and you take over their practice for when they're on holidays. And sometimes it even works out that you live in their house and drive their car and then they go on holidays and you're basically holding down the fort. Cool. So that was the case with this chiropractor. And, um, I was working in a small town in the uh, Northwest of Australia called Karatha and it was a mining town and there was really not a lot going on in this town other than I was going to work every day. And so it was in July and I met the woman who was the assistant at the office who helped me out. Her name was Peta and she was lovely. And it was like four or five days later, I was there for a whole month. So four or five days later, it was my 30th birthday and I was on my own. I didn't know a soul except for her who I'd just met her like four days ago. And I came into the office on the morning of my birthday and she had put up banners that said, happy birthday, what? Peggy, and like big signs. And I was like a bit overwhelmed. And I would have been. It was so awesome. She didn't know me from anyone, but she knew it was my 30th birthday and I was like far away from home and not oh, near anybody. It was so awesome. So it that stuck out for me yeah, because I was like, she didn't have to do that. And it was so nice. Like it was, it was just one of those things that really sort of made my 30th birthday away from home by myself special. Wow. So it was cool. And then after work, I went home and watched Big Brother Australia and drank a bottle of wine. It was a really great 30th <laughs> birthday. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty excellent day right there. I, I thought it was awesome. I did talk on the phone with my peeps back home, but... Uh, wow. Yeah. So That's so cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, especially because for a 30th birthday, a lot of times that's like a milestone. So people mm-hmm. want to do something super special. So it was neat that she went out of her way to like try and make it special for That's me. So, so cool. Mm-hmm. PETA. Yeah, she was great. Bless you, PETA. All right. So now that we've got the feels, yeah. it's time for what are you digging lately? This segment is one that may or may not be related to our monthly theme. Peg and I like to talk to each other about what podcasts we've been listening to or what books we've been reading 
or what random internet hilarity we've found and we feel like you might find it fun too. So each week, each of us will share something fun that we are loving, that we find useful or practical, or just something that is pure frivolity and fun. So this week for me, I'm digging, believe it or not, black coffee. What? So Record scratch, yeah. insert sound effect here. Yeah. So I am in love with coffee with cream in it. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, we've talked about it previously on the podcast, but at the beginning of 2018, I made a list, and you did this too, we made a list of our 18 for 18, yes. things that we wanted to accomplish. So we're coming up to the end of the year, and one of my 18 for 18, I never thought I'd actually do it, was learn to drink and love black coffee. Yeah. Because I love cream in my coffee. So I kind of had given up on it because I was like, I'm never going to not love cream in my coffee. Like, why am I doing this? So I've mentioned in the last couple of episodes that John and I are doing this um, mm-hmm. six-week exercise and meal plan uh, challenge. And as part of it, I wasn't allowed to have cream in my coffee. And so I thought, well, I still want to have the coffee. Maybe I'll take this as an opportunity to try and drink black coffee. For, so for the first week, I drank the black coffee, but I was like, this sucks. Well, and it's so much change at once. I was like, everything oh. about this is not nice at all. Yeah. And so the second week, I was like, kind of ambivalent. I was like, whatever, it's black coffee. And then last weekend, John and I were sitting in the hot tub on a Sunday morning, drinking our coffee. Nice. And I took a sip of my coffee and I went, hmm this tastes good. And I went, John, I feel like I've turned a corner. Oh my gosh. And so that was a week ago. And since then, every day, I'm liking the black coffee. So do you think you can stick with this? I don't know. But it, but my my sister and John told me that that's how they did it. They just stopped putting the stuff in it and eventually they liked it, which I didn't believe them. I thought, no, that can't be true. Yeah. But I'm kind of there. So... I'm digging it. I, I don't yeah. know if it'll be forever. I kind of feel like it's one of those things that if somebody sneaks cream back in my yeah. coffee, I'll be like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. But so this, I, something similar with tea, me with sugar. So yeah. that's how I got onto green tea. I was having it with a sugar in it yeah. because I thought it was disgusting. And then I eventually just stopped putting the sugar in it. And then event, I started to really just like it. Now, if I had a tea with sugar in it, Ugh. It tastes gross. Gag. I wonder if, well, I'm not sure if that'd be the same. I think cream. you need to give it a lot longer. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Well, I'll stick with it until the end of the year. Yeah. I'll do that at least because then it's the six weeks is up sort of close to the end of November. And then if I stick with it through Christmas, the challenge with Christmas time is that's when people put Baileys in their coffee. Oh, yeah. I think there's something like, and I mean, I'm not a coffee drinker. But I think like that's big time street cred if you drink black coffee. Well, maybe Seems that's what will keep me like, there. If it's like people think I'm cool because I drink I drink black coffee, yeah. maybe that'll keep me there. It's also very convenient. That's right. Yeah. To drink I don't black have coffee. to worry about finding cream if I don't have it. Yeah. yeah. And it's All not right. like, oh well they don't have cream, they'll you know, it's whatever. Just drink your black, black coffee. coffee. Yeah. Like you're a badass. <laughs> yeah, right? I think yeah, I think you need less stuff. It's one less thing. Oh, you... your minimalist self loves it. Right? Okay. Jeff drinks black coffee. I think it's great. <laughs> awesome. What are you digging this week, Jenny? I am, and this is something that you and I have been talking about. Was this last week we came across this? It's something I think so. we're kind yeah, of both. It was, yeah. This is kind of a dual digging, but I got to pick it as mine this week. <laughs> um, I am digging James Clear on Rich Roll's podcast. I've listened to it three times now. It's awesome. And I just keep listening to it. And I'm making notes in my phone as I go because the first minute of this, I, I think when I was listening to the first minute of it, I texted you yeah, before you I even went minute. past the minute mark. So I was like, 
whoa, game changer. We need yeah. to listen to this. So the reason why, um, James Clear has written a book called Atomic Habits. And it has taken a lot of what we know about, you know, through um, Duhigg or Gretchen any of these authors about habits, and I think it's really taken it to the next level. Maybe I'm just hearing it. Maybe it's the same information I'm hearing in a different way. But for whatever reason, it is cranking me up on the habits again. Not that I wasn't cranked about it. Um, But Rich Roll, and I'm sure that you'll be good. Yeah, I'll put it it in the show notes for sure. But Rich Roll is um, like a high-performance athlete and a very well-known vegan athlete. And I don't listen to his podcast all the time. Like I'm aware of him. I've listened to him. Uh, He has a really good cookbook with his wife. So I'm aware of them through that in our vegan eating days back when we were doing that. Um, But this episode where he talks to James Clear, it's so great. Like I'm, I have like, I don't usually take notes when I'm listening to something, but the way he talks about it. So he says habits as a way to solve a problem, solutions to recurring problems and automation and creating habituated behavior. And the thing that blew my mind. And this is what we've been talking about it is he talks about it in terms of identity. Yeah. I think this is such a a shift for me. Um, so habits as a way to embody an identity. So an example was, um, instead of saying, you know, you have a goal of, I want to write a book. He's saying, no, it's not about writing a book. It's about being an author. So work toward that identity rather than the outcome. So identity rather than outcome is how he looks at habits. And like, did that knock your socks oh, yeah, off? Cause... Totally. And it's just, we had just talked to, in that interview I did with Tommy Caldwell, he mm-hmm. talked about this when it came to food habits, that yes. it's about the actions that you take every day, which is your identity versus the outcome, which is what a lot of people focus on, which is the number on the scale. Yes. So it really is about the identity of I'm somebody who eats healthy and goes to the gym versus I'm somebody who reached the goal of losing whatever number of pounds. Yeah. It's, yeah, it really is a game changer. It's cool. And it was everything that we talked about when we talked about this whole running thing for me yeah. and why, for whatever reason, it didn't stick last year. Because you was hadn't because identified worked, as a runner. I hadn't identified as a runner and I had the goal of running a 5K. And then, and then I checked it. it off the list. Yeah. And then I was not interested. Um, so I think this is interesting. Um, please check it out. Honestly, if you just listen to the first minute of this podcast, I, yeah. Yeah, I it's know. good. I'm sure that we'll talk about this book more uh, in yeah. the coming weeks and months because it's affected both of us uh, this way. And yeah. because it's amazing information, it's cool. And it just reiterates everything we've been talking about over the last 20 episodes. We're yeah. on number 20. Yay for us. I've 20. got it on order. I can't wait to read it. Nice. I'm Me too. Super stoked. So, all right. Uh, our next segment is called You Win or You Learn. Each week, Jenny and I will trade off during this segment to let you know where we did something right and there is cause to celebrate, or where something perhaps went off the rails and allowed for a learning opportunity. These can be related to our journey as we take on new habits, or they may just be celebrations and bumps in the road in our everyday lives. So, I'm up for the win this week. And, um, this sort of is related to something I've been talking about the last three weeks, but it's kind of, I'm immersed in it, which is this challenge that John and I are doing. Yeah. Um, it's Cute. a six, six week challenge and it involves exercising three times a week and eating a very specific meal plan. And my win is re- related to something that James Clear said about habits. And this is just what you, you and I have just been talking about. Um, he talks about identity. It really hit me and you. John and I used to be people that didn't go to the gym. 
that was our identity. And I did sometimes, but as Mm -hmm. I've talked about, I wasn't consistent. And part of that maybe was because I didn't have the identity as I'm a person who goes three times a week to the gym. Mm -hmm. So now through this process, we're discussing what we're going to do when the challenge is over in order to keep going to the gym. Yeah. So our identities have shifted to people that go to the gym. And that means we're more likely to keep the habit. So it's a big win and it's also a bit of a blown mind. And um, it's amazing how articulately James Clear yeah. talked about it. So um, that's, a, that's my win for this week. That's a really good win. I can't believe it seems like it's gone really fast. Like I remember you just telling me about this when you signed up for it. And that yeah. seems like two days ago. Yeah. And yeah, we're um, into our fifth week. So that's impressive that you've stuck with it. It's, it's cool. It's awesome. And I'm enjoying it. And John's enjoying it more. Like there's yeah. times now where he'll tell me what he liked about being at the gym that day. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> he's not resisting as much as he once was. And it's him that's, that's bringing up the idea of what are we going to do after? Wow. So it's not like I'm forcing it on him. He's no. like, I, we need to figure out the gym. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm liking this. So it's cool. How great is that? I love it. Amazing. This week I had to learn and I think that my, this, this goes back to the whole identity thing. So I am someone who in general does not eat desserts, sweets. I won't say that I don't eat sugar because there is sugar in a lot of the, the foods that I eat. Um, but as a practice for two years, I would say in general, I have embodied the, uh, the identity of a person who does not eat desserts. I've, I am someone who it's just easier for me to just not do it rather than moderate myself. Right. The abstainer versus the moderator. Absolutely. So, um, I have found in the last month, maybe three weeks, um, that identity has slipped a little bit for me. Um, I've given into a little bit of peer, peer pressure. I had a situation at work where we were celebrating someone's good news and, Um, we were having a celebration, there was a celebratory chocolate bar being broken up and pieces given out. And the person gave it to me. I was like, here, you have to have some. And I, I was so happy for them and I didn't want to take away from their good news. And it was one of those cookies and cream chocolate bars (laughs) and I totally ate it. And I was like, this is interesting because I didn't, I didn't want to eat it. And because I'm not accustomed to having it, it was so sweet that it tasted good, but it was definitely more than I could, like my palate could handle because I'm not accustomed to that level of sweetness. Um, but yeah, so it, it was kind of funny because here and there, you know, for a while I've tried the whole like, okay, I'm not going to have a piece of pie, but I'll have a bite of pie where like that became my rule for a while where it was like, I don't have to never eat it again in my life, but have a way that sure. I'm kind of in charge sure. of it. And so I found though, because I did that, Now it's like, well, I had that, so, but this comes back to James Clear again, because one of the things he said that I really liked was, um, and you're going to have to help me if if I say this wrong, but it was something about, you know, if you slip, that's okay, or something to this extent, but that it was like, if you break the habit, it's about going back and starting again, because if you say do it two days in a row where you're doing that, it's the start of a new bad habit. Yeah. If you miss once, it's a mistake. If you yes. miss twice, it's a new habit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well done. And then he says, don't miss twice. Yeah. That's what his mantra is, which was also yeah. cool. Which I find because I'm some, I feel like I'm very all or nothing. 
that has helped me give myself a little bit of grace too. Yeah. Well, it's like when we were talking about it, when you broke your streak oh, of your meditation. 84 days, you mean? Yeah. That time? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember. Our uh, listeners may remember too. I think it was 84 days. So what he days. said, right? You miss once. Well, it's a mistake and yeah, that sucks, but that doesn't change the identity that you have as somebody who meditates. Yeah. Especially if you then write back the next day, get back after Which it. Don't miss twice. Yeah. Yeah. So that was great. So I like that idea now too, where it's... Yeah, it, it's helpful to give yourself a little bit of grace because, I, I mean, I definitely want to stick with that. I It's so much easier for me to just have those things off the table. And I mean, in my life, I have eaten enough of that stuff. Like, I've had all the experiences. There is nothing new to be gained. I've tried it all. I've done it all. Like, they're, like... Like, what am I going to, what, what experience of eating something that is going to change my life that I haven't, I've eaten all the chocolate bars. That's right. Some many times a day. <laughs> like I've eaten all the Boston creams. So yeah. But anyway, so that's, right. that's my learn. That is a good learn. So next week we're going to be checking in on how our relationships challenge is going. When we say relationship, it can mean with your significant other, your spouse, or your children, but it can also be relationships with friends, your parents, or other extended family, even coworkers. Peggy and I will be focusing on performing acts of service for the people around us that we hold dear, and we hope that you will tune in and play along with us. All right, and that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. Remember to let us know if you challenged yourself last week to offer words of affirmation to the people you love. What was the outcome? Did it surprise you? Also, let us know what is the nicest thing someone has ever done for you. Email us or send us a voice memo at theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. You'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. Please subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes if you haven't already. It really helps other people to find the podcast so that we can help as many people as possible to create new habits. We would love to connect on the socials. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Peggy Malone and Jenny is on Twitter at jcouse. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag The Improvement Project. We also have a Facebook group. Search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Now go get to work on improving the most important project that you have. That's you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay focused and get after it. You should Hello. hear my voice. You should hear my voice in here. It's amazing. <laughs> Sounds so fresh. <laughs> <laughs>